What's up, players? Welcome to episode number 54 of Ready Press Play, your weekly source for everything that's new and exciting in the world of video games. Every Friday at 6 a.m. Pacific time or 9 a.m. Eastern time, we'll discuss the top news of the week, notable releases on all platforms while we're playing, big topics of the industry, and the games we love. If you want to write anything to be read in the show, go to readyplaynetwork.com or hit us up at Ready Press Play on Twitter and TikTok. No matter where you found us, please subscribe to the feed so you can get every new show directly to your device as soon as it posts. And if you like it, please leave us a nice review. This is January 22nd, 2021. I'm your host, Daniel Lima, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Louis Menchaca. You know, Dan, I've never been so excited in my life to do a podcast. I need to unwind. <laughs> oh, I totally get that. It's been uh, it's been a little bit of a long week for me as well. I've been pretty tired. I've been sick, and I'm just I'm just looking forward to talking about some video games and chilling. Uh, I apologize in advance if I sound a little bit rough around the edges today. I'm going to do my best to uh, you know be hydrating and and uh, be be able to to pull this off. But um, just just wanted to give everybody a heads up in advance. How how are you doing, Louis? I'm good, man. I'm actually like waking up from like the mental exhaustion of working, so <laughs> I'm I'm very good, man. And don't worry about your voice, Dan. When people get sick, their voice just sounds more sultry. That's all you got to worry oh, about. Oh, okay. All right. I, I'll, I'll <laughs> take that. I'll take that. All right. Well, let's jump into some housekeeping. I believe you want to take this today, right, Louis? Yes. So obviously, uh, we're I'm I'm so excited about uh, Ready Play movies. Uh, RPM for short for all the cool kids. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm I'm very much excited because like I saw the the new the the listens how many listens we got it went up and I'm like oh my god this is amazing I I appreciate. Uh, the reception. I thank everyone very much for listening to the show. Uh, I want to give a huge thank you to uh, Joel Perez, aka Waz. Uh, he makes the theme song. He made the theme song for this show, the one that you listened to at the beginning, as well as the theme song. It just uh, uh, for RPM. It is fire. I love it. It's got that that Stranger Things '80s synth oh, yeah. vibe going on. So it is I a really bop, and it. I I just like how different it sounds from our intro for Ready Press Play too, because I feel like it's a very different feel, like. And, and it captures well the view of both themes, like for or intro, the 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 more video gamey, very uh, '80s Metroid and, and and like feel to to it, kind of sci-fi ish a little bit, and then and then with the one on on Ready Play Movies also has a little bit of that like sort of sci-fi as well. 80s but sci-fi. You know, it, they both have '80s sci-fi, but for different for video games and for over movies. Yeah, that's actually it pretty. It does nice. feel it does feel different while also being like they're they're like cousins of each other, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's cool. Yeah, so obviously, um, I just also want to give a shout out. I didn't even think about this until just now, but yeah, uh, twitch.tv slash joelbby. Uh, he uh, he did a Twitch stream, uh, I think the day of yesterday, the day of recording, whenever he was just going live and making music live on Twitch. So uh, he's definitely got a lot to learn about Twitch because he didn't even have the Twitch chat open. So that, that was kind of <laughs> sus. But other than that, though, he's uh, he's definitely, that's a very good, I can, I'll, okay, I'll even, I'll probably like wager that or I would go out as far as to say that his very first Twitch stream was probably better than my very first Twitch stream. At least with my very first Twitch stream, I had the Twitch chat up, but beyond that, like quality wise, he definitely has more going on. So he's definitely got, he definitely knows, he's definitely knows some stuff. So. All right. Yeah. So if you're listening to this, please go give Joel BBY on Twitch some love. He's a friend of the show and he's your uh, resident composer, I guess, yeah. resident uh, <laughs> music yeah. specialist for the, the Ready Play Network. All right, Louis, you ready to talk about some games? I know you've been playing a lot. Oh, yes, most definitely. Dan, I don't know how I'm going to do this because like, I feel like I am going to need to like 
uh, do a uh, a Luigi's Mansion three like style of just racing to the finish because I still haven't even started uh, Ori and the Blind Forest. Oh yeah, I love it so far, dude. It's so good. Um, I'm expecting to power through it in like two days because I know I think it's like it's a ten hour game if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, I I have a feeling it will take me longer than that because I feel like I'm already at like six ish hours and. I don't know. I I don't I don't it doesn't seem like I'm close to the end of it by any stretch of the imagination, but we will see. But the game is really good, dude. I really like it. And one of the things that I I find very interesting about it that I don't think I brought up last time that we were talking about it is the saving Mm -hmm. mechanic in the game, because I don't think I'd ever seen a game where saving worked like that. For people that don't know, in Ori and the Blind Forest, you don't have like designated places where you can save. But you can't just save anywhere for free either. It's almost like you you have to use your energy to create a save point. Um, And I think it's very interesting because there's certain instances where I'm like, man, I really wish I could put a save point here um, because I just went through something difficult, but I'm low on energy, so I can't do it. Um, And then it almost makes me like you almost like have to like manage it like when you want to save the game or not, but in a different way that I've never really seen a game do before. Uh, they fixed it in the next game. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> uh, but no. Uh, I just wanted to ask, what are your thoughts on the ex- on the escape sequences? Oh, they're great. They, those are they're so good. They're like they they really get me like my 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 heart beating and 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 like make me. There, there was one instance where it I, this has already happened when I when I, was, I talked about it last time. But the the escape sequence where where this whole dungeon is getting flooded with water and you're trying to escape. Like I was in the middle of doing. It when I I think Leah walked into the room and she was gonna ask me something and I didn't even acknowledge her because I was so focused on like <laughs> I can't I can't die here I gotta go through this I, I with with things like that those are the moments in games where I really like doing it in one run like I I always get really frustrated when I fail in something like that because I just like the like I put I like to put that pressure on myself of like oh I really need to get out of there I'm gonna die and like it's actually not go canon through it and, if I die yeah yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, dude, like the game, the game is fantastic. Um, I know I was just giving a shout out to the, to the saving thing, which is a very weird and specific thing that according to you gets changed on the X game. I just thought it was creative. Uh, I can see why they decided to do it that way. It just, it is frustrating occasionally though, when you, uh, <laughs> when you're not able to save for whatever reason, and then you gotta like, you know, you die and you gotta redo a whole se- sequence or whatever. Um, anyway, I, you know, game. I'll, I'll, nothing but positive feelings so far. Um, um, maybe I'll get into some more detail when we actually do the spoiler cast about a few things that maybe I thought could have done differently, but for the most part, um, really love it. I've also been playing some more Tetris Effect. Um, I got that. Um, the, there's the Tetris Effect, like this baseline Tetris Effect, and then there's also the Connected update that they released, I think. I don't I don't know if it was an Xbox Series X exclusive. It's it like a timed thing. It's a time uh, it's a time series X exclusive. I don't know if it's already out on PS5, mm-hmm. but if I would I would wager it's not still. I think it's still an exclusive. So Yeah, it's it's it was definitely more associated with the Xbox. And I, I tried it before, but I didn't really play it much. And then um recently I was I was playing it some more um w- with my brother and going through the the connected version as well as the the actual campaign of the game i'm still not done with that there's some levels that can get pretty difficult um the game is so good and also like visually like it looks great it sounds great everything about it is just very cool and polished i can't sit here and say that i've had a spiritual experience with the game like some people have yeah that it didn't get it didn't go that far to me to me it's like i'm playing tetris like i feel like there's 
maybe I have a wall up or something, but it very think, much feels like I'm playing Tetris. It's just a really good version of it. I think, uh, well, number well, two things. Number one, uh, I, I was going to ask you, is, is Tetris 99 more spiritual than Tetris Effect? I don't know. I feel like I like, I feel like personally, I still like Tetris 99 better. And I also mm. played a little bit of that this week too, actually. But I <laughs> I just, I think the the Battle Royale twist on Tetris and Tetris 99 I find that aspect of it more engaging and more innovative and interesting to me than what they did with Tetris Effect. But that's not, I don't want to like use that as a way as a knock against Tetris Effect. It's just like, if I had to pick one to play indefinitely and the other one to go away, my choice would still be with Tetris 99 probably. But Tetris Effect is just, I look at it more as like, it's not trying to reinvent the wheel. It's just a very polished, refined version of Tetris and it's all about the visuals and the audio. Like, it's just That's great visuals, gonna, great audio. Um, That's what I was going to ask on the second go-around. My second question is, uh, the thing that people think that people say is spiritual about it is, like, the the soundtrack. How it's supposed to set you in a trance. It's just supposed to set that mood. Did it not mm-hmm. hook you that way? Or did you not pay attention to how good the sound is or the music No, I, I, I like it a lot. I think it's, like, I think it's great. I just, I just feel like it hasn't hit me in the same way as it's hit other people. And perhaps it's because it's one of those things where it's like, it's kind of like journey, right? Where with journey, when I play journey for the first time, I felt a spirit, like some level of like a spiritual or magic experience. Um, mm-hmm. It really hit me. It really made me emotional. I couldn't even tell why, but it was also an instance where, you know, I was alone in the house. It was just me in my apartment, turned off all the lights sat really close to the tv and just let myself get you know immersed in it completely and when i'm playing tetris even though it's like this really awesome version of tetris i think i don't let myself not intentionally but i don't think i let myself be put in that mind space in the same way to me i'm still more like chilling in the couch playing tetris maybe talking to somebody that walks by you know what i mean like Mm. it's not as um it's really not as immersive in that sense to me so i wonder if maybe if I played it in VR, if if that's what would do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but nonetheless, I think the game is great. the The difficulty switches in the campaign are pretty um, difficult to deal with at, at times because they will go like they will they will just leave you in that comfort zone for a really long time and then suddenly just flip the switch and it's like really hard all of a sudden and then you got to deal with it. Um, so yeah, I've, I've I've hit a few walls through the campaign where I'm like oh, I'm having a really hard time with this one. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm working my way through it, and hopefully I'll, I'll, I'll finish the campaign on that one too. And the, and the multiplayer modes are pretty cool as well. Um, they, they have this, um, you know, on the, on the connected mode. You know, the one thing that I don't love about it is that it's, it's meant to be played three versus AI. Like, so you're supposed to have three players versus, and then you play against an AI. But if you don't have three people to play it, if it's just two people that are playing it, then it would just make the third companion an AI companion. <laughs> um, and it's not a bad AI companion, but I, I almost just wish that instead you could have a mode where, or the same mode be just two, just two players playing together instead of, uh, requiring three. It's a little odd actually, when you think about it. Um, also makes it unique though. So, but it's really cool. Like, cause you each have your own like Tetris room. I don't know what you call like your own Tetris game. And then at times, you know, every, every once in a while to the beat of the music, the three, like the three games will join together and become this one long horizontal um rectangle like rectangle of like full of like tetris pieces and shit and then you can all just like 
help each other and, and and it all just becomes this one long game as you power up and do like a super attack against the AI enemy. Um, so it's 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 a definitely an innovative take on Tetris more than the the rest of the game is. Um, that's the connected part of it. So I definitely shout out to that. But yeah, just just having a good time with both these games. Uh, I'm just jumping around between the two for the most part. All right, cool. All right. Dan, it's my turn. All right. Yep, take it away. So I, I just got to say that I was looking over our docs uh, for for the topic of the show, and uh, the amount of times that I saw that my my time was spent for Fortnite and Smash was ridiculous. I was kind of a bit of ashamed <laughs> of that. Uh, but that notwithstanding, my my segment on Fortnite. All right, so I got some pretty uh, pretty big updates here. Uh, number one, I complained and uh, I I called them bastards for for putting Green Arrow behind the subscription paywall. And, and then anyone, you did it. Yeah, anyone can possibly could have predicted this, but I finally caved and actually bought the subscription. But here's my here's my strategy here. here this is my this is my big brain strategy behind why I decided to uh to get the subscription model thingy here is I'm getting two months for the price of one, all right? As, assuming I cancel it. So like I got it on what, January 16th or something like that, so halfway into the month. And so what happens is um, they renew the subscriptions, uh, like the, the they give out the 1,000 V-Bucks and the skin, the exclusive skin at on the, the first of the month. So when it comes February 1st, I actually can claim the the, the, the new skin, the new exclusive skin. So mm. what I, if... If it's a if it's a sus skin or whatever, I'll keep or whatever. But if like they don't impress me, then I can just cancel my subscription plan and then keep my two thousand V books and my two skins and walk away. Interesting. So smart. So cleverly planned. Oh, did you <laughs> do you think of all this on your own, Louis? You're very <laughs> funny, Dan. You're, so, <laughs> you're such a sarcastic asshole. <laughs> well, no, no, I'm, no, glad no that, I mean, I'm glad that works out for you. I mean, like I said, I had to, I had to like play this out. You know, I was like thinking in my head, how, you know, how can I possibly justify this? So this is the mental gymnastics that one has to go through. Yeah, no, <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Uh, but yeah, uh, there was a, an update yesterday. It went live day of recording. Um, Predator is now playable. Uh, you can now um, get the Predator skin, and they're and guess what? They're not charging for it. It's just crazy. If you're already a season pass member, uh, like if you got the Mandalorian skin and everything like that, uh, you can just get Predator. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so am I getting it? Like, okay. At which battle pass level do you would you unlock him? You don't. Or you is, don't need a. You don't need to be level nope. up. You can be level one. Just a for damn. All yeah. Right, so awesome. all you I gotta, gotta, I gotta play, go play in and get that. Go in and play. You have to. You have to play a game. You know what? I was trying to go into Fortnite today, actually, at one point, and um, and I wasn't able to. I kept like. I felt like it looked like the servers were offline or something, which I was kind could, of surprised about. Could but. be maintenance. Um, mm. It could be the fact that they put out Terminator and and uh, Sarah Connor joined so maybe that they had to do an update uh during the day probably fair enough uh but yeah they're, they're, these uh, terminator and sarah connor they do have to buy the skins and the shop so mm -hmm. uh which is interesting because terminator was in mortal kombat x or mortal kombat 10 um actually like, you no know, wait mortal kombat 11 ultimate is more terminator and predator was in mortal kombat x so it's like uh it's like the companies that own them are like just giving out these licenses all willy-nilly you know mm -hmm. uh but the uh and going back to Predator, uh, just in case you didn't know, you have to actually uh, play a game, and uh, you have to drop on a certain section of the map. Um, and Predator is like it's like a jungle. It's like a giant jungle, kind of like the first Predator movie. Mm -hmm. And so he, Predator is invisible when the cloaking uh, disguise thing. So he's very hard to see, and when he moves, he's got that little like uh, that texture pixelated thing moving around when he's like in camouflage mode. And you can hear him like screaming and like he can leap really, really far and really, uh, 
and uh, he does damages by like basically swinging at you, kind of like with a pickaxe kind of thing, but with his arm. Mm-hmm. And uh, all you got to do is kill him. And if you if you kill the predator, um, you unlock the skin. That's it. Like he's now he's now part of your repertoire. So uh, they also have uh, predator challenges to do, which is very very easy to do. I mean, these are the easiest challenges. They're pretty basic. It's like collect a collect a med uh, like a med. Uh, a med pack like three times or whatever it's like very easy stuff and mm-hmm. then you can get the rest of his stuff like his back bling and his pickaxe which is like his arm his arm his knife arm and stuff like that it's really good stuff i am enjoying i am enjoying it you got this uh you by completing this uh, challenge you get this cool emote where he takes off his uh his mask and then he like yells and stuff like very ugly and stuff and it's really cool i love cool. it all right, I'm gonna look into uh, getting him as well since I yeah. bought the battle pass anyway. This is like for the one time that I bought the battle pass, so I might as well try to uh, try to get everything that I that I can get with it. That's interesting. Yeah, um, I can just imagine a situation where you play the game and then you like you know play solo. You drop in and you know, you go to where Predator is at and he kills you. He might. <laughs> I could totally see that happen, dude. Like I've I've played a few games of Fortnite over the last week. I don't think I got like a single kill. <laughs> I mean, t- to be honest, I'm not a good player. I always do the thing where I'm just always kind of like running around and trying to avoid combat so that I can survive the longest. And then yeah, I used usually, to be that way. Yeah. Yeah, and then I'll get to the am. point. <laughs> I'll get to the point where there's like 15 people left, and then somebody kills me. Um, so but, um, just so you know, in case uh, pro tip, you can actually like play with like squads or whatever, and then just hit it to random fill, like f- like fill in the rest of your your no your no squad squad. Mm-hmm. And then when you guys all go there, um, if you just do one bullet to him, like just tag him, and you can get your your teammates to kill him for you, uh, then you get credit for it. Okay, because you did damage to him, like you assisted well, in the kill. Is he hard to kill? I would assume that that it's like. That is an easy thing to do, but maybe not. <laughs> mm, he's a little bit in the medium. Like I've I've dealt with harder bosses, like you mm-hmm. know, like the Deadpool boss. Or I think the Wolverine boss was the hardest one. But there are AI bosses in the in the map in different seasons and stuff like that. He's definitely not the hardest, but he's also not like easy either. So he's in the intermediate range, I would put it. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, let's let's talk about some news. So we are going to start here with some Resident Evil updates that happened today. I'm going to be reading this from The Verge, as reported by Andrew Webster. Resident Evil Village will launch on May 7th, 2021. The eighth mainline Resident Evil game now has a release date. Today, at a live-streamed event, developer Capcom announced that Resident Evil Village will be coming to the PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, and PC on May 7th, 2021, as well as current-generation consoles, the PS4 and Xbox One. The company also announced what a demo would be available for PS5 owners later today, so it should be available right now. If you own the PS5 and you're listening to this podcast, shout out to my friend Daniel Sabogal. Capcom says the Village will be eligible to upgrade from PlayStation 4 to digital PlayStation 5 version and will support smart delivery for Xbox Series X and S and Xbox One consoles. The event also provided a first proper look at the game with a new, rather unsettling trailer, which you can see above. It gives a good look at the disturbing castle where Village takes place along with a glimpse at pure gameplay. Like the last Resident Evil, the new title is a first-person survival horror experience. In addition to the single-player RE game, Capcom revealed Reverse, a multiplayer title featuring major characters from the Resident Evil universe that is spelled RE colon verse, by the way. It will be available for free for anyone who buys Village. Village was first announced during a PS5 review event last year, and it comes at a time when the Resident Evil series is at a high point creatively. 2017's Resident Evil 7 reinvigorated the franchise with a renewed focus on horror, and it was followed by two well-received remakes in Resident Evil 2 and 3. Three not as well-received as two. (laughs) Outside of the games, there's also a new live-action TV series in the works at Netflix. Did not know about that. Yeah, I I think we might have covered that. It might have been like an extra news thing at some point on the podcast last year. 
Hmm. Which is, I just realized we can say last year now, and we're still refer to <laughs> I still refer to something that happened in the podcast. Yeah. All right. Well, with this particular piece of announcement, uh, and I, I watched the trailer. First off, the thumbnail. That chick looks like a discount Harley Quinn. Just throw that <laughs> out there. Uh, but so that 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 uh, trailer kind of did like you know give me the heebie-jeebies kind of thing because I was like, oh my god, this looks the 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 um. The quality of the images, like in the graphics and stuff, is just really top notch. Oh and yeah! It really, uh, it, it kind of, it kind of reminds me of like a Konami's engine from like Metal Gear Solid Five. You know, like the RE mm-hmm. engine is now being flexed to like some some new heights and stuff. And uh, uh, definitely uh, a lot of uh, uh, horror stuff. I, I, the fact that a a zombie has a sword is ridiculous. I, I that kind of freaked me out a little bit. But yeah, no, yeah. I, I'm definitely. Um, I never. I, I own Resident Evil Seven. Um, I'm not actually, I'm, I've only played it only for the, for a let's play, but you know, that game scared the hell out of me and, uh, <laughs> this game will probably, uh, probably do the same. So I don't know, maybe I might just buy it just to support it just because like, I like to buy games and not, and not play them. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's all I got to say. Also, yeah. um, just one last thing. I don't know the, if, who that character is at the end of the trailer. It's supposed to be like a big reveal. Don't know who it is. I'm not sure. I feel like so. I was kind of waiting and hoping that the article would uh, would give it to us too. But yeah. as you can probably tell if you're listening to this and you are a Resident Evil fan, we are not. I know we have two Resident Evil sound effects that we use in, uh, in two segments in the show. Resident Evil 4 in particular is one that I played through, but I, I actually never even finished Resident Evil 4. Um, I was too young when I was playing that game and I remember I'd get too scared and then I wouldn't be able to play it anymore for a while. But at the time, I think my uncle was hanging out in my house for a while and he was playing through it with me. We're kind of like passing the controller around. And whenever I got to the point where I was either like struggling too hard to like get through a session or, you know, I was too scared to get through a session, like he would take it over and then take it over for a while before he got bored and then gave the controller back to me. Um, and that's why I experienced a lot of that game, but a lot of that game still feels like iconic to me because I went through that experience and I actually think they're like, I think Resident Evil 4 is a really good game. Um, and I will stand by that. And I, I actually played it on the Wii and it was really good on the Wii too. Like the, the controls really worked like the, the nunchuck and Wii remote combo in that game really worked. Um, but that's almost like the, how far my, uh, my Resident Evil knowledge goes here. Like I, um, I own seven as well, but I never really uh, played it. I think I played a demo of it. I f- yes, I definitely played the demo. The kitchen demo. Yes, the kitchen demo. But I never really played the full game. And I own Resident Evil 2, but I haven't played that either. The remake from two years ago. Ditto. Oh, yeah. However, I looked at this trailer. I think the trailer looks fantastic. I'm sure Resident Evil fans are going to be very excited about it. I feel like if I don't have a lot else I'm playing in May, I could see myself wanting to check it out, to get it and check it out. Um, I think this Resident Evil game is dealing with themes that are a lot more interesting to me than the average Resident Evil game does, you know, with the vampires and werewolves and the whole like, you know, scary village setting, like there's some witchcraft shit going on there too. I feel like there's a lot of cool shit going on that's not just zombies. Um, and and maybe Resident Evil fans will listen to this and be like, well, Resident Evil is not just zombies either, but... It, I feel it, like I feel like the Resident Evil franchise has gone away from like the Umbrella Corporation though. So yes, that's the only thing. That's like the thing that I know, like the touchstone that mm-hmm. I'm familiar with. And it feels like, uh, like I wonder like how much like the canonicity of like the first couple of Resident Evil games factors into this to these newer installments. The impression like, I get is that it's almost kind of like an Assassin's Creed. Resident Evil is going almost to like an Assassin's Creed situation. 
where the people that used to be really big into the lore of the Assassin's Creed and how all the games connected and the real world stuff and the future <laughs> stuff in the games, like those people hate where it's at now because it's like they because they've kind of, you know, said, fuck it, we're taking this in a different direction. We're making it more mainstream. We're turning it into something else. Every game has a completely different new story right now. And there's not a lot of touchstones of things that you've grown to like in the past. Like, so a lot of those people, they're not happy with Assassin's Creed anymore. Uh, and instead, but also, I don't think Ubisoft cares because they have enough of a new a fan base, fan base yeah. that, that loves the game anyway. Um, and I feel like Resident Evil is like kind of getting close to that territory where I know that the more hardcore Resident Evil fans, the ones who like, fucking like watched all the movies and read the books if if there are any Resident Evil books and played every single game the the impression i get is that there's they're not as wild about this game and everything that it's doing with the story um there you know we'll wait the wait and see when it comes out but i feel like there's some there's some hesitation there and i feel like everybody else who maybe hasn't really cared about Resident Evil for a while is like hell yes this looks so refreshing it looks different it looks cool um it almost looks more like a Soulsborne game at first glance than it does like a Resident Evil, right? So <laughs> I, I think it's kind of cool that we're getting that. I think it's going to look phenomenal on next gen. Um, it, it looks really good on that trailer. And, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to go ahead to say that I'm mildly excited for it, even though I don't know if I'm actually going to play it. But I'm mildly yeah. excited for it. And if I have the opportunity, I will definitely try to play it. All right. Um, I just my prediction is that the the resident evil reverse multiplayer mode is not going to be well received just like the resident evil 3 yes yes i agree with you i actually i would be surprised if that one wasn't garbage basically i just <laughs> i don't know i'm just like i'm not buying like I, I i just i looked at the trailer i watched the trailer for it as well and there's just something about it that to me just speaks like this is not going to work out I, I i'm sure there's like people working really hard and like trying to make it great but i I don't know if the like the Resident Evil controls like, and that's the that's third person by the way, which I think is an important differentiation. That's more of the remake uh, controls and Resident Evil Four controls, and as opposed to uh to seven and eight. But I just don't know if that gameplay lends itself well to a multiplayer experience, to like a good multiplayer experience. Um, mm. I watched the video and I can't help but feel like I would just be frustrated at how slow the characters move and. You know, because when, when you play something like Fortnite, it's just it's just so fast and actiony, and I um I don't know, I, I I feel like that wouldn't work in the same way with Resident Evil, but we'll see. I could be wrong. Okay. Yeah. All right. Moving on to the next story here. Rockstar developers patent new NPC tech potentially for GTA Six. I thought this was a very interesting one. Um, I don't know if it's been really in the radar for most people, but um, this was brought to my attention by a friend of mine first, and then I saw it somewhere else later, and so I wanted to cover it here. I'm going to read this article by Matt Parslow for IGN. A patent filed by Take-Two Interactive details a new Rockstar-developed system for managing NPC navigation, with details explicitly referring to vehicle road routes and behavior. The patent application, entitled System and Method for Virtual Navigation in a Gaming Environment, was filed by Rockstar's parent company, Take-Two, in April 2019 and was recently discovered by Reddit users after it was published in October last year. The system described within it was developed by Rockstar's lead AI programmer, Simon Poor, and David Hind, Rockstar's Associate Director of Technology. This new system is designed to create a realistic virtual world that is not limited by hardware and software limitations, which is a response to conventional systems that are unable to produce the kind of NPC behaviors players expect, expect within the limits of current processor and memory bandwidth. This is specifically in relation to traffic behavior. The patent details boats, cars, and drivers throughout. 
the system outline would result in a more realistic and immersive simulation of traffic. Of particular note, is that the system means each NPC can define its own specific characteristics for traversing the road nodes. These characteristics include understanding acceleration, braking time and distances, top speeds, and cornering speeds. NPCs and AI systems would be able to use these characteristics to generate more lifelike drivers on the roads of a video game world. Without jumping to concrete conclusions, it is possible that a system designed by Rockstar programmers for a vehicular traffic system could be for Grand Theft Auto 6. The project is not mentioned by the patent, but IGN understands that GTA 6 is currently in development at Rockstar, and so it's not unreasonable to assume new technology will be produced for the game. There's a few more paragraphs here, but I've already read plenty, so I'm going to leave it there. Uh, what do you think about this, Lewis? Do you think this sounds interesting, promising? Where does your mind go to? When you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. Like, this is what happens. This is why nobody can touch Rockstar. This is what happens when, like, Icarus flies too close to the sun. And I was talking specifically about CD Projekt Red. <laughs> like, uh, CD Projekt Red was, like, all about, like, promising, like, these crazy, like, AI behavior, which, like, they got, like, day and night cycles, and, like, everyone's got patterns and stuff like that. They were promising, like, the moon to everyone, you know? Mm -hmm. And this is kind of feels like Rockstar is just kind of, like, you know, they're not they're not obviously going out of their way to talk, talk about these kinds of things. You know, this is something that was, you know, discovered, but you can see that they are quietly working and just sort of, like, you know basically uh doing what they got to do they're doing it right so i'm very happy with this i'm excited and uh yeah what kind of game like what kind of game do you think gta 6 is gonna be it's funny i just remember we actually read another story last week about the rumor of it potentially having a female character right i feel like at this point you can almost kind of start picturing a few things in your head like not a lot but considering you haven't seen this game at all we have barely really seen a proper announcement of it. I think it was a footnote somewhere that they were working on it. Uh, and that's how we know. It's also you know not hard to speculate that they would be working on it. But I wonder how much, you know, how much, how mind-blowing this game might be when it, when it does in fact come out. Like think about what GTA 5 was in, in 2013 coming out on, on PS3 and Xbox 360 and what a GTA 6 could be potentially like 10 years later on uh this next generation hardware with a ps5 and the series x and you know where pc is at now and everything and uh i think it might be you know this this really cool mind-blowing game and i think they might want to also make some departures from the things that they were used to do before uh, with this particular story i think it's interesting to try to like theorize what they're trying to do here I, I think it's like not nothing too crazy but one of the things that you can tell that that's been sort of stagnant in in games um for for many years now is, is when it comes to to this like to to you know npc ai in an open world um i don't i don't think that we haven't made advancements we have but i don't think they've been that noticeable and i feel like it's just not a focus for a lot of companies out there so you, it's it's kind of like feels reminds me of like n64 uh majora's mask where everyone was on a on a script kind of mm -hmm. thing it's like you know you follow yeah. them yeah, a lot day, of times you can you know, look around and see, you know, the NPCs and, 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 and Cyberpunk and, and on Watch Dogs and other modern games. And then you go back and you play something like The Witcher 3 from 2015. Or maybe you go back further and you play, you know, GTA uh, 5 from 2013. And, and it hasn't really changed that much, really. Um, and I think you could probably go back further and really hasn't changed that much either. Um, so it's interesting to see, like... And, and the other thing, too, here is that they also say, they specifically say that's not limited by hardware. Um, like a realistic virtual world that is not limited by hardware and software limitations. You know what that means, right? That means the cloud. Mm. That means that they want to use some kind of cloud-based technology so that they can have like like potentially this NPC 
could send over information to the cloud and then they do all these calculations for what the NPC behavior should be and then get that back so that they're not bottlenecked by the actual hardware where it's running wow. so that they could potentially have thousands of NPCs with yeah, high what, processing power. What was that uh, Xbox One game that was supposed to be like this crazy graphical powerhouse because of the cloud? Uh, Wasn't it Crackdown? Uh, Crackdown 3, yeah. I think that's what yeah. it was. <laughs> that didn't work out for them. That didn't, well, I think they, they scrapped that feature, but um, I, I just got to say that... Um, I I wonder if if uh, if the ambitions are going to lead it to be like a a PS5 and a Series X exclusive, you know? Like I'm I think so. If, I wonder if this uh, if GTA 6 is even going to come out on the PS4 and Xbox One, which is kind of crazy to think that like the PS4 and Xbox One didn't even have a GTA to call its own. Yeah, well, with uh, you know, with Rockstar, like if any company can can pull something like that off, is I, I would say that it's Rockstar. When I, I say I say that in the sense of like where I was talking about the big install base of the previous consoles, right? And how a lot of people, this year, a lot of people will still be playing on their PS4s and their Xbox Ones. But number one, we don't even know when this game is coming out, and I feel like it's still far off. Um, And number two, Rockstar, a game Rockstar makes will sell for years to come, right? Like, it will sell consoles, potentially. Like, people will buy consoles to play that game. And the game will continue to sell for the next two generations of hardware anyway. <laughs> so I feel like, you know, if any company, if any third party company can make that choice to say, no, fuck it, you or game is in the new hardware, you got to buy the new hardware if you want to play it. I feel like Rockstar is one of the few companies that is able to pull that off and actually still be su- successful, right? Mm, fair enough. Yeah. So we'll see. I'm excited nonetheless, but we'll learn more about GTA 6 in... God knows the months to come, <laughs> years to come. <laughs> yes. we'll, we'll we'll find out. All right, here here's another um, kind of small news here, but you know, kind kind of interesting um, as reported by Christopher Drink for GamesIndustry.biz. Nintendo Switch accounted for eighty seven percent of consoles sold in Japan last year. Nearly six million Nintendo Switch consoles were sold in Japan last year, a rise of thirty percent over twenty nineteen. Nintendo dominated the market with Switch devices accounting for eighty seven percent of all consoles sold last year. The normal Switch version sold 3.9 million units with the Switch Lite selling just over 2 million units. The console sold well ahead of PS4, which did just over 543,000 units last year. PS5, meanwhile, is currently on just over 255,000 units. So I think the Japanese market is just such an interesting market where they're so into handhelds over there and they're so into like mobile gaming more than, than people are over here. So a console like the Switch that has the handheld format, and also with Nintendo being such a strong company in Japan, with Animal Crossing being such a big title over there, uh, the fact that they're able to push that many more Switches where they're just, they're killing the market there, right? Like they're, they are selling more than all other consoles combined by a factor of like five. Um, <laughs> so really, when you think about it that way, when you put that into perspective, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that kind of, that, these kind of numbers is what basically the Sony used to like when they launched the PS5. They were like, okay, we're not going to allocate as many uh, units to, to to Japan, which is crazy because Sony's a Japanese company. You would think they would give like their homeland like some love, but no, they got this crazy lottery <laughs> system going on over there that people are, are upset about. Uh, but all that notwithstanding, though, this is a this is a crazy uh, uh, list here. When I'm looking at the the top ten titles that were sold in in Japan, and uh, there's there's a a Japanese as fuck uh, name in there that I can't <laughs> even pronounce. So uh, that's really cool. I'm surprised. I'm, I'm not surprised by the success of these uh, of this stuff here, like the Animal Crossing and Ring Fit Adventure. I know Japan is all about their health and stuff. So yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, good stuff. All right, now on to our next one. This is reported by Joseph Noop for IGN. Ninja Theory's Project Mara is set in a single incredibly realistic apartment. Ninja Theory's upcoming psychological horror game dubbed Project Mara will take a place entirely in the single upscale apartment with some serious technology being utilized to create incredibly realistic textures, lighting, and more. In a four-minute video, Ninja Theory chief creative director and co-founder Tamin Antoniades explained how the studio attempted to capture reality obsessively. Ninja Theory's art team utilized the real-world apartment seen in the video, took numerous samples from walls, floors, and other objects, and photographed and scanned everything. With that reference, Ninja Theory then recreated the materials, such as a bit of leather, and generated procedural shaders and detail maps to make the materials as true to life as possible. A funny thing happens when you get that close to a material, when you get that close as a human eye can possibly see, Antoniatis said. Things that seem flat from afar become 3D, you start to see details, you start to see edges, edge wear, you see lint, you see dirt, you see all kinds of stuff that is 3D geometry. To give you an idea of what Antoniatis means, Ninja Theory shows off in-game renders of a carpet with countless individual bumps and curls and threading and hair and dust scattered along a wall. Side by side, the in-game renders certainly give the real world a run for their money. So yeah, this is almost like um like a, a thing to check out more than a, than a new story in itself, but I just think it's it's cool that it, it just gives you some insight on on how far they're getting um with some of the stuff and 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 what they really think they can do uh with next gen and whether they're going to be able to pull it off or not you know we'll we'll have to see but i think i'm beginning to believe that perhaps by by the end of this console generation we might see some games or some game renders at least that are indistinguishable from live action um but We'll see. I want to get there. And also looking <laughs> at these screenshots on this, the, and this, uh, in this article and holy shit, like the sink is a little bit wonky and stuff. And I'm like, okay, that seems kind of, you know, but the, 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 the stove, that one's the one that's like, holy shit. They're almost, they're almost one for one recreations. Um, yeah. the, uh, the other thing that I wanted to say is like, I think one of the things that helped, uh, the, the PS4 game, um, damn it. Uh, the PT, which is like mm-hmm. a playable teaser is that it was in a hallway. You know, it's literally just one hallway, so you have a very small, uh, like, physical size to render. So they were able to, like, push the graphics to, like, the limits and stuff on the PS4 just because it's an L-shaped hallway and you don't have a lot going on. Um, and I think when if you, have a, if you have a game that's centralized and located in one apartment, you can go ham with the details and the art and the textures and, like, lint on the floor and all this other stuff because yeah. you, can, you can immaculately design with careful detail. And just instead of putting so much uh, tender love and care into creating a world, you just need to create an apartment. So yeah, I think that's yeah, cool. definitely. Like they can put that same like amount of effort that they would have otherwise put to like, you know, creating a whole world, but just in this one enclosed location. And yeah, it's crazy to imagine how far they can go with that and how detailed they can potentially make it. I, I'm, you know, I would say that they'll probably still hit limitations at a, at a point or another, um, where, you know, there's just, there's a way too many triangles on this, but you know, the, the, the promise of, uh, Unreal Engine 5, I believe was like billions of triangles or whatever they said in that video. So yeah. we'll, we'll see, right. We'll, yeah. we'll see when we get there. That we're um, hitting Uncanny Valley. So I just, I'm, I'm excited for the future as well. Yeah, definitely. Lewis, let's move on to extra news, which is still in the same segment. So starting with. Stalker 2 developer GSC Game World has announced that its long-awaited sequel will come to Xbox Game Pass on the day of launch and will feature both ray tracing technology and 4K resolution support. 
Number two, a new Bloomberg report by Jason Schreier shared more developer insight into the problems with Cyberpunk 2077, including devs thinking the game wouldn't be ready until 2022, how full development of the game only started in 2016, and more. Number three, CD Projekt has confirmed receipt of another class action lawsuit from a law firm representing its own investors. Number four, Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning, a remastered version of 2012's Kingdoms of Amalur, will be released on Nintendo Switch on March 16, 2021. Number five, NVIDIA has warned that supply of its RTX 30 series graphics cards will be low for the coming months, with an increase in availability not expected until at least after the first quarter of 2021. Number six, Bungie has announced that it will close its Halo archive in February, which will mean player stats, screenshots, and files from the developers' Halo games will be gone forever. And finally, number seven, Sony Pictures has announced that Uncharted, Ghostbusters, Afterlife, Cinderella, and Peter Rabbit 2, The Runaway, have all been delayed. Oh my god, that's an RPM, that's an yes. RPM headline right there. Like, now yes. I don't I don't appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> With Uncharted actually being delayed all the way to 2022. Oh my unfortunately. god. Unfortunately. And I know that's been filmed. I know Tom Holland finished rapping on that film. So uh, yeah, man. I, that's, I guess the uh, the Uncharted is the is the game uh, uh, lead there, but uh, that kind of sucks because Ghost Ghostbusters Afterlife has been done since last year. Like that movie is done, done. Like everything, mm-hmm. special effects complete. So they're just gonna keep it on the shelf. Uh, it sucks that these movies are done. I know Peter Rabbit is also done as well. They're all there's gonna be sitting on a shelf, not being released, and that kind of sucks. That you know, uh, Troy and I had like our differences in opinion about whether or not they should have a streaming service to to put these this content out because like I'm like. I really do want to watch Uncharted. I want to watch Ghostbusters. But uh, as far as the uh, the thing that sucks about the NVIDIA story, I just kind of say that it sucks that people can't get graphics cards and it really kind of feels like a PlayStation 5 situation happening. So Definitely. I really empathize for, with people that are like, you know, trying to get a new PC build. My cousin wanted uh, to get a, a gaming PC and uh, he can't even, we can't even like do a build because of uh, the, the, the graphics cards that are just basically sold out. And it's not just like the current new 30 series, but also just graphics cards in general, uh, like Bitcoin has like exploded uh in recent popularity and uh it's 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 eating up the the gra- the, the graphics card market um also it kind of sucks that uh i guess bungie can't uh maintain the servers or whatever because they have a lot of stats and they're just gonna hit control alt delete i guess so yeah that sucks you see more uh issues being reported with cyberpunk 2077 um i just hope they <laughs> the- I heard I heard the, the someone TLDR it and uh, they said that we made The Witcher three it'll work out. <laughs> so um, yeah. Bloomberg. Ho- hopefully uh, they'll they'll figure their shit out and and um and improve on the game and 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 pay the consequences that they need to pay, but also you know be able to move forward. It's not like I want the the studio to to end up getting closed or anything like that. Um and yeah, interesting to see Kingdoms of Amalur coming to the Switch. I wouldn't I wouldn't have seen that coming personally. Yeah, I would. Uh, I just want to say that as far as Bloomberg, you have to like in order to read the article. There's like a paywall. Yes. And so it's kind of funny is uh, when Jason Jason Schreier kind of like did a disservice to his own article because he basically like recapped the article in a tweet in a Twitter thread. Like, you know, like <laughs> you know, so he just like here's my here's the bullet points and stuff like that. It's a tweet and then he replies to himself and he replies to himself and I'm like, you're just giving away the sauce, dude. No, that's, yeah, that's really funny. Um, yeah, Jason Schreier. Does a disservice to himself plenty of times. <laughs> and, you know, I'm right. like without wanting to get too into it, it's like that guy, man. Like he, he's such a good reporter, and at the same time, he can be just such a dick sometimes. <laughs> like I, I've seen him be such a dick to you know good, kind people on on social media for no reason. Um, so well, you know, to which to which their own. Um, let's let's move on to some check this out. 
Louis, I think this is one of my favorite check this outs ever. Um, so there's basically this website. And I added in here a link from Kotaku of them reporting on it. But the, the website is 15.ai. And it allows you to write anything you want and then have it read it in a character's voice out of a list of characters that they have available. Um, it's not a lot of characters, but they have GLaDOS from Portal and they have SpongeBob and they're both very good. I mean, GLaDOS is like freaking perfect. Um, and it's really cool to be able to just kind of write whatever and click generate. It takes a while. It's not like immediate because he has to send it to, you know, like some AI um you know cloud-based thing and then they got to generate it and they'll send the audio back to you uh but when you get it and you hit play it's like it's so good so you definitely need to check this out and uh and and fuck around with it a little bit because it was it was a really good time you'll make all the i can just imagine all the memes uh that will happen with uh with this you can just like yes uh create a little clip and then just uh hit you know send and troll people and you know, really, I think GLaDOS is like the perfect one because for trolling purposes, because, you know, she could be a real mean bitch. So <laughs> uh, she's very sassy, especially in, in Portal mm-hmm. 2. I know that they, they, they really up the writing in, in Portal 2. So, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate this. And I even see somebody uh, uh, put a Twitter where they said F you Baltimore. So with uh, SpongeBob's <laughs> voice. So I, I, I like it. I want to see uh, the Internet run with this. Yep, me too. All right, dude, let's move on. All right. It's time for topic of the show. All right, Louis, that's it. We are like, we're now towards the end of the first month of 2021. We had some time to catch up on some of the best games of 2020, which you decided to spend it all on Fortnite <laughs> instead. Yeah. And now it's time for us to reconvene. I've also haven't played any 2020 game over the last few weeks. I was just playing Ori and Tetris. <laughs> but it's time for us to reconvene nonetheless and do or ready press place first game of the year show i don't know why the year just like it just <laughs> skipped my uh, my mind there i i almost said game of the awards for some reason because i was thinking of the game awards mm. um so yeah we're doing ready press plays the game awards for 2020 and uh off off record louis and i have been discussing a little bit about how we should do this like like do we do we bring lists of our favorite games and do we do we pick a game of the year together and the reality is, is that it's that's pretty difficult for Louis and I to do it because we played a lot of different games this time around, and we also have very conflicting opinions about certain things. <laughs> um, so I feel uh, that's like a very political answer. I'll allow it. Yes. Yeah, so I feel like us having to uh, agree on a list on like either a game of the year or even a list of game of the years would probably be like having Donald Trump and. Joe Biden agree on like some health policy, policy or something. Yeah. I, I, yeah, it it just it wouldn't it wouldn't work out. So instead, what we're gonna do is we're gonna exercise our rights to be free, <laughs> and we're each gonna give our own awards as uh, as as independent adults mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> in the in in the in in the Ready Press Play game, game of the year. Therefore, giving everybody a message that union is for the weak. Um, (laughs) and then we don't do that shit over here no i'm just that's right obviously i'm just being fastidious i'm fucking around um you know we each have our games that we played and really like this year that we want to give shout outs to and uh the way we're gonna do that is that we came up with our own awards our own award names 
uh, for what we're going to be awarding here. They're not going to match like whatever I the awards that I give versus the awards that Lewis give. Maybe some of them will contradict contradict each other. Maybe some of them might match by accident actually because I don't even know I don't even know what Lewis is doing. <laughs> right. I, I, um, I want you. I want to. I want to make a game of it. I want us to see how well we know each other. Okay. So you're gonna read me my your category, right? And I'm gonna try to guess what you picked. Oh, interesting. And that's that's. I'm gonna interesting. do the same for you. Okay. But okay. Two of my categories. I have. I have nominees for you. Oh, you have nominee fucking knees. Yes. That's that's great. <laughs> and I want you to. I, I think I already know what my decisions are. Like I haven't finalized my decision in my head, but I mm-hmm. I'm leaning one way at that time of right now as I speak. Okay. But we could maybe convince me otherwise. Probably, perhaps. All right. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. All right. I, okay. I don't have any nominees for anything. Uh, in fact, the way I did this is that I thought of the games that I wanted to shout out first, and then I came up with a with a category after. So Same. it just kind of worked Same. itself that way. Yeah. Um, so, and also, you know, unfortunately, I might shout out some games that I didn't really get to play much, um, but that I thought, you know, I wanted to give a shout out to anyway um based on my playtime with them so there will be a little bit of that too i just i played a lot of games this year but i didn't play a lot of 2020 games specifically um didn't beat a lot of them either and i think lewis is in a similar boat there yep um cool so you know what i'm just gonna get this started all right um so my first category that i'm gonna read here is best game made entirely by one person (laughs) so Uh, this this should be easy for you to to guess Phasmophobia. Yes, you are correct. Okay. We we needed to have some kind of applause or something to cue in here. Oh like, yeah. It was, Man, it was I, some I, kind of sound effect to do that with. But you should have prepped me for that. But yeah, I know right. I should have. I, I, I didn't should. think of that. I didn't think of that. Yeah, phasmophobia. <laughs> no, there's no fanfare here. <laughs> we uh we played it together on Twitch. Uh, it was a little bit of a sensation. It might still be. I don't know. And the game has a lot of issues. Um, I think it was really fun to make fun of some of the issues that the game had. But it was still you know fun to play. Scary innovative in some ways um it has you know that the talking through the game mechanic which is pretty interesting and how the ghosts can interact with that um so i definitely wanted to give it a shout out i do think it's one of the special things uh that came out of this year in terms of gaming and it was made entirely by one person which is very impressive so best game made entirely by one person phasmophobia that's the first dan lima award here all right that's pretty good all right uh the lewis the lewis award here is i'm gonna go with uh let's go with this first category i can't believe a game made me rage that hard award (laughs) hmm hmm okay wait let me let me think about this a little bit now now here's what i'm thinking lewis i think that was the case with among us when you were playing among us with your friends (laughs) yes it is it is among us okay all right good 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 i was gonna say there was a twitch clip of me freaking the freak out uh and uh (laughs) Uh, I, I, I we recounted about it during the podcast. I told you after the fact and stuff. So, yeah, man, that 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 moment still echoes in my mind right now. So I just wanna say that even though it's like a 2018 game, it got popular in 2020. I bitched about it how it got nominated for the Game Awards, but here I am giving an award, being a total hypocrite. But yeah, I was gonna you know say because like I I I thought that that meant Among Us for you, but then I was like, but but Lewis is a purist, like he. <laughs> He would not want to award a 2018 game in 2020. Oh yeah, I'm gonna be doing a lot of that. I don't have a whole lot of 2020 games on my on my list. <laughs> oh okay, <all> so right. <laughs> uh, in fine, order to fine. round it out here, I gotta make it work. So 
Yeah. All right. I could I could have done that too. This time I actually ended up being imperious on my pick. Surprisingly. Surprisingly, uh, oh, that's actually yeah. Because normally I'm the one that's a little bit more floaty with that stuff. Yeah, I had to play fast and loose because I was looking at like I like as I said earlier on the show, I looked at the doc and looked at what games I actually played and we talked about because I actually mm-hmm. we chronicled everything that we did play uh, throughout mm-hmm. the year and I'm like not a whole lot to choose from, but you know I'll make it work. Um, but also a separate side note, just a quick shout out to Fall Guys, simply because I never actually got the crown ever, and Dan did, so I'm a, I'm hella jealous. So yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get to that one later. <laughs> All, All right. right. So uh, my next award, I called it the best quarantine game, Animal Crossing. Yes, yes. So the I I when I thought of this category, I thought of like in in my head when I think about what this what 2020 meant for people and what we're going to remember the year for in the future. And we're probably going to remember the year as the year where the COVID pandemic started and where we all had to quarantine at home in some way. You know, some people still ended up going to work because they were, you know, frontline workers, especially, but also retail workers and, you know, restaurant workers and people like that. But I, I still think that for the majority of people, for everybody, their life got affected in some way, no matter what, by the pandemic. And I think that Animal Crossing is the game that because of when it came out, which was really in the beginning of that happening in the United States, I feel like a lot of people will associate that game with the quarantine and the pandemic and all the memories associated with that. It almost like comes together. And and the game just took advantage of, of, the, of the time frame that it came out and just ran with it and became such a huge sensation. And, and it really, it's interesting to imagine what that game would have been like if it wasn't for COVID hidden when it did. And I feel like it would still have been successful, but not nearly as much, not nearly as viral and et cetera. And I did play the game, like I said, many times for about 30 hours, which for any other game would have been, man, you played that game a lot. But for this game, it's like, oh, you barely touched it, <laughs> which is true. You know, I, I, I played it for about that much before, you know, I got kind of bored of it. And I was like, OK, I seen I seen what I wanted to see here and I don't really need to uh, pay off my house another 10 times and <laughs> and like dig more spiders or whatever. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with what I got from it, but. I still want to give it props because I think it's a I think it's a fantastic game. It's really well made, um, and I think it, it deserved the success that it got. And I'm I'm happy that this fr- this Nintendo franchise, that's usually one of their smaller franchises, has now become one of their flagship franchises. You know, so mm-hmm. shout out to Animal Crossing. Okay, fair enough. I like it. Um, my next award is gonna go. It's gonna be called the worst timing award. Hmm. So whereas yours is like the perfect timing, mine is the worst timing. So the pandemic. Made it the game worse for me, but it's still a good game. It is. Damn, let me think. You're about not it. gonna get it. I don't. I know. I don't think you're gonna get it. Yeah, I don't. What game would the pandemic have made worse for you? Maybe like something like like the my mind is going to, which is probably wrong. It's like something that you would play outside, um, like Pokemon Go or something like that. But that doesn't really make a lot of sense with you. Um, so I'm guessing just something that. Oh, you by didn't the way, have time I, to play. I'll uh, I'll uh, I'll give you I'll I'll make it harder for you. It was a 2020 game, so I'm not playing fast and loose with this award. Okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Hmm. All right, I'll just just humor me. <laughs> All right, it was Clubhouse Games 51 Worldwide Classics. Oh yes, yeah. So I didn't think of that. That makes total this sense. this game. Okay, I don't know anybody in real life that owns this game. I think this game would have worked for for the pandemic purposes if I actually had people to play with online instead of randos. Right. Um, that being said, though, uh, this game would have is good enough to have been uh, at least 
introduced as, as a potential candidate for being part of the rotation when I had friends over. I would have at least given it one or two nights to like see if it if it gels. Um, especially because I have a bunch of friends that also have the Switch, and you can like basically uh, download the demo, the free demo, which basically lets you do download and play. Where if one person you know in the in the lobby in like the Bluetooth lobby has the, a copy of the game, everyone can play like you know. Uh, poker and texas hold'em and uno with each other so i think that that would have been a cool interesting idea for a game night that doesn't require like you know um like physical like monopoly boards or whatever you know like that kind of stuff mm -hmm. or a deck of cards you know you just do it all virtually and i just think that that would have been cool um i think this game would have yeah, had definitely. a better shine um had i been able to play this game more so yeah yeah i can definitely see that i can definitely see the more people would have potentially played it if uh if they were able to have friends over my next award is the most fun game to play with friends award fall guys yes so that's an easy <laughs> one right there we already kind of gave it a shout out to I'm now giving him my official shout out my official award um i i played you know i i played fall guys a little bit around the time that it came out and then i played it with you on stream i think just was that just once or twice it was just once because that was the only stream that i forgot to archive on our youtube channel so it's the only one that doesn't have content like it doesn't have uh uh you know a video a vod yeah, yes, so. that's true. But it was a good time. And then after that, I actually played, um, you know, it's funny. It was kind of motivated by that game in, in a way and other things that were happening. But I hit up two of my friends from Brazil that I hadn't talked to in a while. And I was like, hey, let's do this thing where let's let's do a regular scheduled chat on uh, like just on Google Meet or something once a week. And then and then the first few times that we did that, we we're just playing Fall Guys together um while well, we did it and then at some point you know we started not having a lot of time anymore so it evolved into more of like an every other week thing and then a lot of times when we do it now we're just chatting we're not even playing anything but the fact that i was able to use that game as a method to rekindle with these friends that i had never really that i hadn't talked to a lot in a while um it was really good to me and it was is just a lot of fun uh to play especially when you're playing with other people so i definitely wanted to give it a shout out cool new original game that came out in 2020 um made a splash for a little bit and then i think kind of disappeared but i still think it's very solid and fun okay all right good all right so let me go ahead and do my first nominees so do you want to okay. do you want to do the uh do you guess the like what i think might be the winner or do you want to give you the multiple choice well give me the give me the award first like just right. the name of the i'm just taking the game awards category best ongoing game all right so one of your nominees and likely the winner will obviously be fortnite but okay. i'm curious whatever would you throw in there um, I mean, you didn't really play Avengers, so it'd be weird for you to include that there. I don't think you would anyway. Um, what other... Well, there's Smash 4. Uh, not Smash 4, sorry. Smash Ultimate. Mm -hmm. um, so that's probably the other nominee there, because you okay. you played that and you played the new content. Uh, Mortal Kombat 10, potentially. Yes, um, Mortal Kombat 11, yeah. 11, yes. I'm bad with tracking numbers today for some reason. <laughs> um, yeah, Mortal Kombat 11, Smash Ultimate, Fortnite... Those are your nominees. Uh, my fourth nominee is Dragon Ball Fighters. Oh, yes. That's right. That's right. That makes sense. Yeah. So these are the four games that were the ongoing games that I was, that had my attention throughout all of 2020. Uh, some more than others. Uh, I wanted to give the award to, to Fortnite, obviously, because of how much it grew on me. Um, and I think that, you know, the Marvel season really pushed that game over the edge to me. And that's where I took the dive into actually spending money on V-Bucks because I was so proud to like, you know, exercise willpower and not uh, spending any money on the game and just basically playing the game um, and just you know, reaping the awards or the rewards and stuff, you know, getting my first season for free without paying for it. And, you know, basically, um, I don't know, just 
getting into the game. I think the for me, Fortnite, the reason why it wins is because like whenever uh, I did the live streams and stuff, like you talked about how it was like a podcast, how it kind of seems like I was just hanging out with my friends. And it really was like that. I mean, for me, Fortnite wins over all of them just because it's such a good quarantine game where it's like you hang out with your friends on voice chat, basically. It's like you're just sort of it's it sort of it sort of like replaces the idea of them coming over to my house and all playing together like locally and it's just the best substitute for me personally and there are and I'm sure that there are other games that can do it but with Smash Ultimate um Smash has got a pretty rocky last uh, last year with Nintendo you know canceling tournaments and and all that stuff and we covered that and there was also like the summer controversy where uh people were like you know doing bad things uh that I had to cover on on level 1 gaming and so for the Smash community has taken a huge hit and um, there's some questions about whether or not the Smash community will survive post-COVID or whatever. Mortal Kombat 11 and DBFZ, uh, they both suffer from the same thing. I did not experience the content drops uh, like I normally would have. The thing about the both of those games is that those games were staples for rotations when my friends came over. And so I would play the new content with my friends uh, locally. I don't play those games uh, multiplayer because my friends don't own those games themselves that I can just match make with or whatever. So uh, those two games like were hindered, but they did have good drops. They did have like Dragon Ball Fighters had like... Uh, um, uh, Ultra Instinct Goku and Mortal mm-hmm. Kombat had um uh like Terminator and uh Sylvester Mortal Stallone's Kombat Rambo. had a lot of good shit this year. Yeah. Yeah, so the content was really good and top notch. It's just too bad that I didn't buy them, so that kind of sucks, but <laughs> I would have if I had reason to buy them, which I'm not going to play those games solo one player. Um I also heard about Mortal Kombat 11's like post DLC story update is that it circles back to where it started, so it's really inconsequential to like the lore from what I understand. So, uh, okay. but all that, all that being said though, Fortnite really does take the cake um, with a good he- healthy shout outs to the other three. I think in a non-pandemic year, they would have also had their moment to shine and it would have made the category that much harder for me personally. So yeah. Cool. So my next category here that I'm going to read, I'm actually, I'm not reading those in the order that I wrote. I'm almost like kind of figuring out what I want to talk about next <laughs> as I'm going okay. through it. Okay. Um, so I'm going to call this one the best comfort food game. Now, this is specifically for me, though. The best comfort food game. I am going to... Okay, I was initially... My first thought was uh, was uh, Fire Emblem, but that's not a 2020 game. Mm-hmm. So, uh, no, I can't think of it. I think you got me on this one. Okay, that's good. I'm giving it to Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Really? Uh, so the point there, what I really meant there is that, you know... Well, I did I did what I said earlier that I was going to do, which is I thought about the games first and categories later. When I think about Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I haven't finished it yet. I feel like I'm still pretty far, probably, because it's, it's very long. Um, it's longer than any other Assassin's Creed game before, and it's much longer than the older ones that I was more used to actually playing through. And the game, there's... I feel like there's nothing about the game that is particularly like amazing right like i don't think the story is amazing i don't think the characters are amazing i don't think the the graphics are amazing i do think it looks really good especially you know on the series x but the game is just comfortable to play and i i didn't expect that i was going to feel that way about it because i didn't feel that way about odyssey but with valhalla like i find it so easy to just kind of turn it on and play it for two hours and accomplish something and have had a good time I never find myself stuck in it because it's pretty easy to just like you just go to your quest log and then you track the next quest and then you just see a waypoint for where you have to go. 
I know people, some people don't like that. You know, there's a lot of people love Ghost of Tsushima because they don't do that. But when it comes to comfort food for me, I like to be able to sit down, jump into an open world game and immediately know where to go next and just kind of go do the thing. Um, and, you know, just go through a combat sequence or some exploration sequence or some story sequence or whatever you're doing um, and just kind of move on to the next thing. And that that's what that game has been for me so far. So I, I keep going back to it. Um, I'm, I haven't been bringing it up in the podcast anymore because I don't have a lot more to say, but, um, I'll just, you know, I'll randomly just jump into it and play it for an hour and then, and then be done and then not go back to it in a week, but it just feels comfortable. It feels good. Um, I could have given this award for other games like, you know, Tetris and, and other things that are more like that, but I just felt like that's what Assassin's Creed felt like for me this year where it just felt comfortable. So, okay. That's yeah. a pretty fair assessment. Yeah. All right. So my next category is my backlog category. It is the I should have played this game sooner award. <laughs> All right. Now, All right. Jedi Fallen Order does not make the cut because I did not finish the game. So it is so we disbarred. Got, we got Bioshock, which I'm guessing won it. But I'm wondering, like, a way out maybe could have, could have made it in there. Um, what else? What else did we play this year? Um, trying to think of our spoiler. Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. Um Luigi's Mansion 3. <laughs> yeah, those are all potential nominees right there. All four of them are my nominees, yes. And at first, uh, when I started the podcast, uh, when we started recording, those were my only four nominees. But I added a fifth one here really quickly. Left for Dead. Oh, yeah, that's right. Nominee. That's right. My five nominees. Now, this is the one category where I thought I have a winner already in mind. But uh. <laughs> I'm flaking now as we speak, as we talk about it. So I want you to convince me between Luigi's Mansion 3, Bioshock, A Way Out, Brothers, and Left 4 Dead, who should take the, the, the award for the best game I should have played sooner? You know, you know what's funny is that like with the way that you word, I, I feel like your favorite of these games was probably Luigi's Mansion 3. I yeah, that was like, my which, winner at first. Uh, yeah, which was, yeah. game Lewis likes the most out of those is probably Luigi's Mansion 3. However, yeah. the way you worded the category makes it sound like like you should have played this a long time ago. Like it makes it seem like it's like like you would give it to an older game, um, mm, which then right. makes me think of like Bioshock because Bioshock, you should have played yeah. it sooner, right? Like with Luigi's Mansion Three, it's like well, you know, it just came out. Like it, it, you played it a year after it came out, um, mm, yeah. but you know the you the way you worded it, I would have thought Bioshock. But I also feel like you know at the end of the day, you gotta award it to the game you like most so and i've really loved luigi's mansion 3 like i gushed over it during the spoiler cast i i, I was way more positive on the game than you were i remember you were trying to like cool me down i'm like no this game is <laughs> hype uh so I, I i really do like the game and i really kind of felt like i should have been part of that water cooler talk like that hype when it came out on halloween in 2019 so i uh, i kind of have that fomo kind of thing going on but uh, not to give uh, any discredit to Bioshock, I know that was a cultural touchstone, and I know so so was Left 4 Dead, uh, and we of course, of course we've given like the seal of approval to uh, to the Joseph Harris duo of games. So I, this one was the hardest one to choose from. That's why I kept it as nominees. I didn't have a, a locked award. So, but I'll, ultimately though, uh, despite like how how good the qualities were of these spoiler cast slash Twitch streams, were uh, my heart was definitely on Luigi's Mansion Three. So I'm gonna have to give it to that. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, trying to decide where I go next here with my next award. I'm going to do... Okay, so I'm going to do... I'm going to give a shout out to a game. And I'm not going to let you guess this one because you wouldn't. Uh, but I'm actually going to give a shout out to a game that I have never mentioned in the podcast before. And that you most likely never heard of. Because it's a okay. small indie game 
and I played this game. This game is actually, and it's another, it, th- this one is one where I'm the one playing it lose because this game is actually not out yet. Lighthouse. Um, the, no. This, um, yeah, not, not giving a shout out to the Lighthouse again, although, you know, I very well could have. But so I, I was a judge for the last IGF awards uh, that happened in 2020. Um, it's not a big deal. It's not like I, I did some big deal thing or whatever. Um, I just, you just signed up for it and I, you know, I signed up and I got approved to do it. So I got access to a bunch of these indie games that had been submitted for it and I got to play them and, uh, and judge them, like give them a rating or something or potentially recommend them for an award. And there was one game that caught my eye that I was like, this game is really special and really different. And it does some really cool shit with, with its game design. And it's a game called Patrick's Parabox. So it's like Patrick's Paradox, but instead of Paradox, it's Parabox with a B. Um, the game's not out yet. I think there's is in some kind of early access on Steam or um, like a demo is out or there, there's so, there's something out that you can go and download right now, I believe, for free. And I would definitely recommend everybody uh, checking it out. I just kind of wanted to use the platform uh, for podcasts to give this game a shout out. Um, and I, I gave the award that I gave to it is most mind blowing game because yeah. this game blew my mind. And it's like it's not you would look at it and be like, really, Dan, really? Because it's just some 2D uh you know like like indie game but the things that it does are really cool um it, it it's kind of like a like almost like sort of like a systems based game in a way like it's it, it just what, what's the best way i can describe it like the game plays with optical illusions a lot but then turns that into a game um uh, in a way that's really cool and i just think everybody should check it out so yeah most mind-blowing game of the year for me patrick sparrow box uh which is a steam game that should be coming out pretty soon okay all right. All right. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, I guess I'll pivot to Obscure. This is the uh, brought to you by Level 1 Gaming Award. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is a sponsored award here. Uh, these are all five. All five of these nominees are codes that I was received uh, through Level 1 Gaming as uh, to be the official reviewer for the website. I scored them all and everything. So, I don't uh, know how many I remember. I remember bullets per minute, BPM, mm-hmm. and then... Fuck, I don't remember any of the others. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. They're, they're, I, I never heard of these games until I got the code for them, to tell you the truth. So uh, they're very obscure. So it's Android Hunter A, which is like the Mega Man game. Oh, yeah, There's that's right. Space Raiders in Space, which is a tower defense game slash comic book you know story based thing uh bpm bullets per minute which is like like doom but like procedurally generated and there's aquanox deep descent uh which is like a subnautica type game and then there's going under which is another roguelike dungeon crawler um with like a very uh comical twist a very uh, quirky quirky comical writing so uh so yeah uh, those are these are this is a little bit harder because it felt like it was a two-horse race because i really liked android hunter a because i like Mega Man games and i also like bpm because number one it was my very very first review i got like i kind of popped my cherry when it comes to like really like critiquing uh games and stuff in a in a written format <laughs> and you know doing a video review and doing mm-hmm. voiceover and everything like basically doing the full ign experience which is kind of crazy for me um so I uh, I wanted to give it to BPM not just because it was my first review and everything, but also like the thing I, the thing about uh, that game above all else is like that game really did put me in a trance when I was playing that game. Like I, I felt like I zoned out. I, like that game is definitely all about the runs. Like there were things I was frustrated about that game. Uh, like you know I kind of wished like you know it, the game didn't rely too much on RNG Jesus, but beyond mm-hmm. that, like I felt like this was a, it was a really well put together game. It didn't really like crash or glitch out on me and it was just 
a solid all-arounder. And uh, I actually uh, have know somebody in real life that, you know, bought the game because of my review. So, um, and they're better at the game than I am. So uh, that's really not a not that hard to stretch either because like it feels like the game was better. I played it on Xbox One controller and I think the game is better suited for keyboard and mouse, but I don't keyboard and mouse game. But otherwise, uh, I can see the shine and I really want to give it give that award to to BPM. Cool. All right. I'm glad. Uh, it's it's kind of cool that we're, we're being able to give some love to some of the more obscure games of the of the year as well. Yes, and um, those were all 2020 releases. I actually played and beat five 2020 releases. Yeah. Right for the four one category. So there you go. Cool. 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 Um, so at this point, do you have what, like one award left, Lewis? I have two awards left. Okay. All right. So, um, you know what? I'm going to do a two in one here. I'm going to do a two in one with two games that I didn't really beat. Um, so the first one is I'm giving the award of coolest visual style or art style. Mm, Why do you think I would give that to? I, I have, I have my guess, but I, uh, I don't want to spoil my awards. Okay. Okay, I uh, I think your guess is probably wrong because I'm giving this to Hades. Okay, wrong guess. Okay, yeah. cool, cool, cool. That's I would the, not have got, I would not have pulled that one out of the hat to tell you the truth. So, that's the yeah. sensation roguelike that I played on the Switch. You can play it on the Switch as well as on the PC. Um, the truth is, I I didn't put enough time in this game to um, to really love it as much as the people who love it do. But I get it. Like I can see that the game is really good. It's really polished. This, uh, the visual style of it is like really cool and 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 unique and it's like it's it's an evolution of the super giant game style but better than it ever was and the game is fun as hell the combat is really fun um so so I definitely wanted to give it give it a shout out so I'm giving it the coolest visual style award um it could also be best roguelike or something <laughs> didn't play a lot of those uh, and then the other one that I want to give an award to as well, which is also a game that I didn't play as much as I wish I did. I'm calling it the most underrated game award. The most underrated game award. Uh, and no, my guess no. is you would not see this one coming because you would totally disagree with it or something. Okay, but, go for it. Um, I think Marvel's Avengers is the most underrated oh, game of the year. I completely disagree with it. I think it's like, I think Marvel's Avengers is... A really good game, <laughs> and I think that for some, like, well, I, I don't want to mean it like there's no like reason for it, but people just, I feel like sometimes it's like people are just overly critical of some games and then overly chill with the uh, with others, where it's like, ah, oh, yeah, that game gets a pass, whatever, like it's they're fine. And I feel like with Avengers, it's like they couldn't do anything right, like, um, but I ultimately, you know, I also at the end of the day, I I can't really go to bat for it because I didn't play it as much as I wish I did. Um, and I just haven't had the time to go back to it. You but... played it just enough to make it so that you like it, but not enough to the point where you hate it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. P- probably yeah. that's probably what it is. But I, I think, I think it's an underrated game. I think, it, I think it actually turned out to be a really good game. I think they did a good job with it. Um, like multiplayer side aside, because I didn't try it. But I feel like if there was no multiplayer and the game was just the single player campaign, I feel like it would have been a nine out of ten great game that came out this year. Um, <laughs> I could maybe, probably agree with that. I yeah, can get like, behind that. And maybe the them adding mother, more shit to it just just left a bad taste in people's mouths. Um, because I think it's a pretty solid story with the Avengers, and they all feel like good, great to play. So, um, but nonetheless, yeah, that's uh, that's the two I wanted to do right now. So I'm gonna I'm gonna send it back to you. Okay, this is uh, the best game that I played that I should have actually saw it through. Award. Okay. Hmm. 
So you didn't a game you didn't finish. Is it from this year? Yes, it's a twenty twenty release. This year? Yes. Oh, Ghost of Tsushima. Yes. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is very uh, easy slam dunk right there. Okay, this game just looks beautiful. This game slaps, and uh, apparently the uh, I heard that the multiplayer uh, mode is also kick ass as well. So I really do want to experience the game. It's another game on the backlog, but it's got to go at the back of the line. I still I really should prioritize uh, uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. And not to say that it's a better game, but just in general, like I I have too many too many good games to play. So so it's, it's the problems we have, uh, but yeah, as gamers, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't really have much to say other than I only played the tutorial, so I don't have much mm-hmm. to say other than I think it looks pretty. It looks cool. I like. I think it's awesome that it runs on on PS4. Uh, apparently, it r- runs even better on PS5 at 60 frames per second. So so I, um, I can't. I can't wait to uh, experience that game if I ever do get a PS5. I probably, I probably hold off on playing the game until further notice, and maybe until I get a PS5, maybe. So, yeah. That's we'll how I feel about Cyberpunk at this point. By the way, I, I, I haven't brought it up, but I, I didn't really go back to Cyberpunk after you know my first week with it, mm-hmm. and I like it's not even that I'm like sitting here thinking, oh, the game was terrible. Like you know that the game worked fine for the... me. I, I didn't really run into many issues, but at this point, I'm like. Might as well you, just wait. Like you want to get the Xbox Series X patch. Mm-hmm. Might as well That's just wait for one. the patch and uh, try to play it then, because I pro- a lot of people are probably going to be playing it then, anyways. So, True. But, the the like right. next No Man's Sky next effect, I guess if you would call it that. <laughs> My next award is also a little bit obscure, but I did talk about it in the podcast. Is best new Game Pass game, and this is not like this is specifically a game that came out in 2020, and it's Call of the Sea. Frick. Uh, nope. I. Uh, completely forgot that you talked about it recently too and you gave it even gave it a thumbnail yeah on one of yeah. the episodes yeah i couldn't figure out what to thumbnail that episode because it was just they had a lot of different things that we talked about so i figured ah fuck it let's go i'll just <laughs> i'll just i'll just put in the 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 cover art for that game yeah it's just it's a cool digital game it's available on game pass um it has some really neat puzzles cool story uh looks really good so one of the, the one thing that i regretted not talking about when i um uh, when I talked about the game that 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 week was that the game is actually really cool looking. Um, it, it it's not crazy realistic, but it's 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 very like it kind of looks like maybe what you would want a Zelda game to look like in like next gen. Um, although it's first person, so that's a weird comparison. But it's just like it's very colorful. Um, and it's kind of cel shaded, but it also looks like like it's very high res and the and the bloom and the effects just look really good in it. Um, so I thought it was like one of these cool, like a cool game to play on the Series X, uh, if you have one. Um, and yeah, the game is fun. So just wanted to give it a shout out as well. Okay. That's good. All right. Uh, my last category is the game that still left an impact award. Mm. The game that still left an impact. What would that be? I don't know. I'll let you take it away. All right. I'll help you out. I, this is actually a winner of two categories. Now that's a Lewis game award. That's a Lewis Game Award. I feel like this should be obvious, but for some reason I'm blanking at what you actually played. Wait, wait, okay, I remember it now. Okay, so that is Ori 2. <laughs> Good job, yes, that's my top honor to Ori 2, the winner of two categories. And just the fact that that game still like resonates with me, I still think about like the ending, I still think about certain key moments that happened within the story. Uh, even the, the key moments that the game doesn't really advertise to you, like it just sort of leaves it to you to figure it out, to realize mm-hmm. what happened. So I'm glad that the game like treats its subject matter and its audience with a certain level of respect and maturity. 
Um, the game's uh, just visually is just remarkable, and it's just like. I, I I really wish that I held off to play it until like the Series X patch happened because like I I was just so hyped to play it, but I played the worst version of it with that launch because like you know it had to get patched to get that's fine. Better you, you'll play but... it again. You'll play it again this year because we're probably gonna do a spoiler cast on it. I think. Yeah. So I I really do like the, that 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 game, and I <clears throat> I just was foaming at the mouth. It was my second most anticipated game of the year um, when we did this when we started the podcast, and for me. Uh, it lived up to the hype. It, it exceeded my my expectations, um, and I just I I, I I loved and hated the ending at the same time. Uh, loved the ending for how beautiful it was and how story how, how storybook it was. Hated the ending because of how of a- external outside franchise factors go, not having to do within the story in of itself. So, which is not I don't know if that's really a legitimate reason to hate the ending. Um, it's more of like a, the fanboy in me kind of thing speaking than it actually is the artist, a creative mind in me, you know? So, mm. yeah, I, I really I really do think that that game, uh, above all else, shines brightest for me, and it still uh, leaves me thinking about it, so. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, to being able to play it now that I'm playing through the first one, so that, that should allow me to actually play um, Will of the Wisps as well. Cool. Great shout-out. Um, I have my final award, and here's the interesting thing. You know it's coming, Lewis, but I'm going to contradict myself on something I said at the beginning of the episode. In the beginning okay. of the episode, or on the beginning of the segment, I said uh-huh. that Unity is for the weak. Oh. Now, let me let me walk that back a little bit. Oh. I actually picked a way to award a game I know, that I know what it take, is. taken into account you in the hopes that it would help bring us together under some common um ag- some common understanding and that's why my final award i'm not calling it the game of the year award i'm not calling it my favorite game award but i call it the most technically impressive game of 2020 award. i will give you that one i can actually get behind you and, on that and one. if you can g- get behind that one i give that to the last of us part two i feel no like i can argue that one I, I feel say, like no one sane, no one who is who is sane can argue that one. Regardless of how you feel about the story, you know, love it or hate it, or you know, I'm actually I don't love it. The story, like part of it, I don't love it. I feel like I just kind of got behind it more than you and a bunch of other people did. Um, so I was able to kind of like accept it for what it is and be like, okay, like hold on to the cool moments more than I did to the bad ones. Um, but I feel like even taking that part of it aside, like if we took that element out of the conversation. The game is just gorgeous um, in a different way than something like Ori and the Will of the Wisps is, but in, in a more realistic way, in a more gritty way, um, everything is just so polished. There's so many details to the systems of the game, like the how the glass breaks and, and the shards will pierce through people's like skin and then they'll, you know, how the... the they'll get soaked in blood that then... The AI calls each other by names. The AI begs for their lives. There, there's just so much tech that went into the game so much um like honestly like so much work and effort uh that went into every technical aspect of the game um Um, that i i think it definitely accessibility yeah yeah the accessibility stuff too there we go there would be a different way to award as as well the Um, the gameplay is a refinement of the first one it's very tight so yeah you know mm -hmm. i i will actually get behind you on that one as much as like i like you know like scrooge mcduck this or i don't know i guess that's the wrong one but as much as i say bahumbug to the uh to the story like that that is definitely the thing that shines 
right mm. about that game. So yeah, as definitely. much as I, I so, went out of my way to not want to award that game for something, I'm glad that you got me to agree to something on that. So there we go. Yeah. See, so at the end of the day, you know, we can come together if we just compromise a little bit. Um, <laughs> and on that note, Louis, do you want to just recap all our winners here? Um, all right. So I, I, I'll go ahead and just do it real quick. Uh, I can't believe a game made me rage that hard among us. I should have played the game sooner. Luigi's Mansion 3. Now that's a Lewis game. Ori and the Will of the Wisps. A best game I played that I should have saw through. Ghost of Tsushima. The Worst Timing Award. Clubhouse Games. 51 Worldwide Classics. Best Ongoing Game. Fortnite. And the Brought to You by Level 1 Gaming Award. BPM Bullets Per Minute. <laughs> I, I, I just love the, the Brought to You Award because it's so like it reminds me of so many like ad placement things in award shows like Brought to You by Subway. <laughs> Here's the best indie game of the year. Brought to You by Subway. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, here's mine. Most technically impressive game, The Last of Us Part Two. Most fun game to play with your friends, Fall Guys. Best game made entirely by one person, Phasmophobia. Coolest visual style slash art style, Hades. Best quarantine game, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Best comfort food game, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Most underrated game, Marvel's Avengers. Best new Game Pass game, Call of the Sea. And most mind-blowing game, Patrick's Barrel Box. Yeah, that's our list. I think that's a pretty uh pretty all around list. We've covered a wide gamut of games between like like older games from me and stuff like that, indie or games with the level one gaming awards and some of course high high art games like Ori and Last of Us. So I yes. think we have a pretty good, good range here. Good stuff, good stuff. Yeah, I feel like, you know, between the two of us and, and everything else that we had going on this year, we still managed to play quite a bit of games. Um, yeah, so it's, it's I don't give myself enough credit, but yeah, I actually did manage to pull this off. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah I'm, I'm proud of us. I'm proud of us. <laughs> All right, Louis, we still have uh, quite a bit of show to get through here. So uh, I'm going to let you take it away and I'm going to try not to immediately check out the moment okay. I do that. <laughs> All right, here we go. What are you buying? The new releases. All right. So first up, we have the uh, Gravity Heroes, which is a PS4, Xbox One, Switch and PC coming out later today. And then Cyber Shadow, PS5, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, PC, January 26th. Stronghold, Warlords, PC, also the 26th. The Sims 4 Paranormal Stuff Pack, PS4, Xbox One, PC, also the 26th. Right. The Eye of Atlantis, PC, January 27th. And also on the 27th is the Dark Eye, Chains of Satanov. PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, as well as the Dark Eye Memoria, PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, Switch. Disjunction, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, PC, January 28th, and also on the 28th, we have Olegius on the Switch and PC, Sword of the Necromancer, PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, PC. And what's obviously the pick of the week is the medium on Xbox Series and PC. Discover a dark mystery only a medium can solve. Explore the real world and the spirit world at the same time. Use your psychic abilities to solve puzzles spanning both worlds. Uncover deeply disturbing secrets and survive encounters with the Maw, a monster born from an unspeakable tragedy. The Medium is a third-person psychological horror game that features patented, pant, oh, patented, there we go, dual reality gameplay and an original soundtrack co-composed by... Arkadia's Raikowski and Akira Yamaoka. 
I think I got those names right. Um, become a medium. Wield unique psychic abilities reserved for those with the gift. Travel between the realities or explore them both at the very same time. Use the out-of-body experience to investigate places where the real world self can't go. Create energy shields and discover powerful spirit blasts to, sur to survive the spirit world and its otherworldly dangers. Dan, this is obviously the pick of the week. Are you? I know you got your game pass and everything. Yeah. What are I, your, I will your... likely be checking this out. I kind of wanted to make a prediction about it, though, which is like, it's not what I want. Like, I, I, I really want this game to be great. I think it looks really cool. It's kind of innovative. It's doing some weird stuff that can only be done with next gen, supposedly. But I, I have a feeling this game is not going to be well received. And I, I know this may seem like it comes out of nowhere, but I, I say that strictly because of the team um that developed it they're called bloober team uh and if you look at their repertoire of what they worked on before you know the last game was blair witch uh the game that came out in 2019 and i tried playing that game and i just like i didn't like it i uh i felt like it wasn't very well made it wasn't very well polished it just kind of felt like a double a game but a little too much like to the point where i like i couldn't really get into it um and the medium has been like i feel like it's getting all this hype like it's supposed to be this cool system xbox seller system yeah. seller like this big like xbox exclusive and i just don't know if the steam really has the background to pull that off so i'm really hoping that it's amazing um but i wouldn't put my money on it hmm. mediocre i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah uh, we'll I, see we'll see what it, what it actually does come out okay um, I'm actually about to get Xbox uh, Game Pass actually because of uh, my nephew. He wants to, he wants me. He has Game Pass and he wants me to get Game Pass so we can play uh, Mortal Kombat uh, 11 or 10 mm -hmm. or no, sorry, excuse me, Injustice 2 online against each other because uh, um, I have it on I have Injustice on um, on PlayStation and it's not crossplay. So yeah, probably get it. Plus, not to mention, I probably want to play. Uh, Jedi Fallen Order on Xbox Series. Uh, next up, the Yakuza Remastered Collection is going to be debuting on Xbox One and PC. It was already on PS4. That's also going to drop on January 28th. Celebrate Yakuza, uh, Kazuma Kiryu's saga with the beautifully remastered Yakuza 3, 4, and 5 with, with restored content and updated localization in 1080p and 60 frames per second. Experience the complete Yakuza Collection on one console for the first time in history. And that was for the uh, PlayStation 4 blurb. So it's not actually not for the first time. So Tohu, Tohu, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, Stadia, and PC is also on the 28th. Those are the new releases. Awesome. Got a selection of good things on sale, Strength. So uh, for the Epic Games uh, Store, we have uh, the Galactic Civilizations 3. And the blurb reads, build a civilization that will stand the test of time, choose from dozens of unique races, and make a name for yourself across the galaxy through dipl uh, diplomacy, espionage, and technological advances, and more. Never heard of this game, but apparently it came out in 2015. It looks very uh, spacey. So that's that. And uh, next uh, next week's free game is allegedly going to be called Dan Dandara Trials of Fear Edition. So looks very artsy. Next up, we have the games that are coming soon to Game Pass. We talked about the Yakuza collection, Yakuza 3, 4, and 5. Um, I also see that Control is coming to PC, and the Medium is also going to be debuting as we talk about the uh, the new releases. Uh, cloud uh, On the Cloud, Outer Wilds. And on cloud and console and PC is Desperados 3. Cloud console and PC is Donut County. And cloud console PC, Cyber Shadow. So yeah. those are those looks like some pretty cool uh, hitters, though, especially with, of course, the new releases like the Medium going to be holding holding it down. But I actually I actually want to play Donut County. I feel like it's like it's more of a mobile game. Um, I would almost rather play it on mobile. But since I'm going to have it on Game Pass for free anyway, 
Uh, I might just check it out on uh, on the Xbox. But that's that's a cool that's a cool little concept of the game. It's like all it's a game where I don't know if you know about it, but you control a hole. <laughs> like you can move a hole around, and so like you can kind of imagine what it would be like like on mobile, where you're just moving your finger on the screen. And the the objective of the game is to just swallow everything that's on screen with the hole, <laughs> just like mm. just have everything fall in the hole. But then they they build like little puzzles because like every time something something falls in the ro- the hole, it makes it bigger. Um, so you you just kind of have to figure out like the the right order to like get things into to where it works. But it's a very simple concept, but it just sounds it sounds fun. So I definitely want to check it out. Um, and yeah, do you want to talk about the games that are leaving? Yes, I was literally going to segue into saying that the good, the good uh, Game Pass giveth and the good Game Pass taketh away. Uh, <laughs> so these are I'm not going to read everything here, but I just want to give a shout out to like the three games that catch my eye as in like these games are of consequence. Uh, Death Squared is leaving console on January 29th, and um, I have I own that game on the Switch. It's a really good uh, puzzle game. It's perfect for in a non-pandemic world where you can have friends over. It's a four. It's like imagine four people trying to solve a puzzle together. It's like one of those cool like little escape room kind of situations. Um, that's a that's a good game. It sucks that it's leaving. Final Fantasy 15 is leaving console and PC, and also Gris is leaving PC, which is really weird because like when I think about it, like why can't these game passes be like it's coming to console pc and mobile and cloud and everything and it's all just one game pass but you know it is what it is yeah all right so next up here we have some uh some daily deals here from ign this is a 50 percent off cyberpunk 2077 uh for the playstation 5 or xbox that's an interesting one uh so you can get it at best buy for 30 dollars what you can get cyberpunk 2077 with the steelbook case for 30 dollars at best buy that is ridiculous yep Jesus Christ. Okay, that's... Hmm. I, all right, whatever. And also, you can pre-order Hitman 3 for $50. And, uh, yeah, I see a, a refurbish uh, Switch. Nobody wants that. If you want to actually... If you want a refurbished Switch, $260. So, those are pretty good deals, though. I'm, 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 I'm just impressed and surprised. I'm a little... I'm very so much surprised by how that they're discounting Cyberpunk so quickly. I tried to click the Best Buy link, by the way, for Cyberpunk, and uh, the, the link didn't work out, so maybe it's... Uh... Maybe it's gone already, but it's it's thirty five dollars on Amazon anyway. So yeah. wow. Okay, so next up here is uh, an OLED TV for two thousand dollars, and it was actually marked down from twenty eight hundred dollars. So eight hundred dollars off. That's a good savings right there. So this is an LG OLED sixty five inch CXP, and so it has uh, it's an OLED four K eight UHD with HDR and it's a smart TV. It's basically uh, looks like it's trying to target that next gen uh, um, stats here. So don't know if it has HDMI two point one, but I would imagine it has at least HDMI two point zero, which can give you that good like next gen console experience. So so this is the this is the TV that I was eyeing last Black Friday that I think I even talked about on the podcast. Um, they have a 55, 65 inch, and 77 inch option, but this is kind of the like the best TV in the market right now for uh for next gen gaming as far as uh as far as I know. Um, it does have HDMI 2.1. Um, unless I'm getting mixed up, I get things mixed up sometimes. But if it is what I'm thinking, this is like this is kind of the TV to get for um for for next gen. And and this deal is pretty close to what the Black Friday deal was, and and the TV was gone everywhere when uh, when that deal was around. So this is a pretty good um like not usual deal here in Newegg. Uh, and I think the reason is because CES just happened and they announced some of the new models, like the new lineup that uh, LG is going to be releasing later in the year. So, so the reality is... Inventory, out- yeah. 
I was even talking to one of my friends about this, and he said, like, hey, you might want to wait and actually get, you know, the new one from, like, later in the year, because that one is going to have an even better, like, stream rate or whatever for the HDMI is going to be even, like, it, well, I, he explained it to me, and I, I, I don't remember exactly the, <laughs> the, the reasons, but, um, so I was like, oh, cool, all right, so I'm going to maybe watch out for that, especially because I'm not in a position to buy the TV right now, um, but yeah, but yeah. nonetheless, if you're eyeing a TV, this is a great deal. I just read the stats here. It says it's for the gaming features. It's got G-Sync. It's got free sync and variable refresh rate. That is very important for gaming. So the uh, variable refresh rate actually um, prevents screen tearing from happening. So um, definitely, um, this is definitely one of those S-tier TVs when it comes to gaming. So I would, I almost want to get it. So yeah. Next up here is actually, no, that's it. That's actually all the <laughs> deals. Yeah. So damn, um, that's the show. All right, so uh, I'll, I'll take it from here. I love that you didn't even give me the chance to do sharing the love <laughs> if I wanted to, by the way. I just assumed that you were a stickler for the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's 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 understandable. That's understandable. So maybe we'll do that. Well, hopefully we'll be able to do that next time. Uh, we just went really long on the topic of the show because it was a it was a good topic of the show today. It was Plus, one that, so that was one big sharing the love if you think about it. Yeah, that's that that's totally fair. Um, so it is time to end. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Ready Press Play. Remember, you can reach the podcast at readyplaynetwork.com or simply at readypressplay on Twitter or TikTok. I'm on Twitter at the Dan Lima and Lewis at Chocolaka88. That's right. Don't forget to subscribe, give us a review, tell your friends about the show, and all that good stuff. See you next time. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>